Did you know that real estate is the method where many people in America have become multimillionaires? Do you want to learn about real estate? Stand by. Welcome to the Real Estate Exam Podcast. This is a podcast where we will provide you sample lessons for the real estate exam for the states which we offer full real estate exam audio lessons. Our audio lessons are designed so that you can study for the real estate exam in your state while driving, exercising, or otherwise using time which would be unavailable for reading or looking at a computer monitor. For more information on the full series of lessons, which we have available in various states, go to reexampodcast.com. Good luck in your studies. A career in real estate sales can be extremely rewarding, but the first step is to get your real estate exam license. This is Franz. Welcome back to the second audio lesson to help you prepare for the Florida salesperson real estate exam. This second lesson is about the real estate license law for the state of Florida. This is the second lesson in the sample five lesson series, which you will be receiving for the Florida real estate salesperson exam prep audio lessons. The full series of lessons consists of 20 lessons and is six hours and 20 minutes in length. If you think it might be valuable for you to listen to the full series of lessons, they are available at reexampodcast.com. Welcome to this lesson entitled Real Estate License Law and the Real Estate Commission. In this lesson, we will be talking about some of the governing bodies in Florida that oversee the licenses and the different regulations that go along with selling real estate and how that relates to having a real estate license. So let's go ahead and jump right in. The first regulating body that we have already mentioned is the Department of Business and Professional Regulation or the DBPR. And so this is not just for real estate, but this one regulates all licensing and business regulations for professionals that happens in the state of Florida. Uh, it's part of the executive branch overseen by the governor. The governor appoints what's called the secretary of the DBPR and then that's confirmed by the Senate. A few things that this regulatory body can do are investigate complaints that come up through customers they can issue subpoenas during investigations. They can send out cease and desist orders to people who are not licensed. So if there's somebody operating without a license, they can tell that person to stop their operations immediately because they're not licensed. And they can also issue citations to people that are licensed. So if people break the rules, they can issue them citations so as a punishment for breaking the rules. The next governing body we should talk about is called the Florida Real Estate Commission, and that's the FREC. There are seven people on this commission, and five of them, or 
that are known as commissioners, the people on the commission are commissioners, five of them are licensed professional members. So these are people who have a real estate license and they have to have had a real estate license for five years before getting appointed to the commission. And then uh, the other two members are actually unlicensed or sometimes known as lay members. And these people have never been licensed real estate brokers or agents or sales associates of any kind. So these seven people, they're appointed by the governor and confirmed by the Florida Senate. They serve four-year terms, but they're staggered, so they didn't all go away at the same time or cannot all be replaced. They can't serve more than two consecutive turns, and they get a small per diem for doing their work. An interesting rule is that one of them has to be at least 60 years old or older. I guess that means they just want somebody who's had quite a bit of life experience. Now this commission of these seven people, they have a few general areas that they have jurisdiction over. The first is that they have executive power. It's kind of like the three branches of government. They have some executive powers, some legislative powers, and some judicial powers. So the first is their executive power. They can regulate and enforce laws about licensing. They make sure that people get the proper education. They take the right courses and they can collect and establish the different fees that people have to pay in order to become licensed. Then they also have some legislative powers that allow them to pass rules and regulations so they can come up with new rules and regulations if they want to and then regulate those rules. And then they also have a sort of judicial power where they can grant or reject applications and give out penalties. So they look at the different applications for licensure and they get to judge whether that application is valid or whether that application will be denied. They can then, once somebody has a license, decide whether a license will continue to be valid, whether it will be renewed, or whether it will be revoked when something happens. So if, or if somebody applies for a renewal of a license, they can then judge and say, well, they're a person in good standing. Well, we're going to renew it. They've met all the requirements. Or they can say, oh, well, we've had a lot of complaints against this person. They've done some things that are not ethical, so no, we're not going to renew their license. But there are some things that the FREC cannot do. So they can't prosecute people for criminal actions. They can't actually throw someone into prison or something like that. They can only sort of base their punishments on licensure. So either revoking or suspending a license, that sort of thing. They can't actually throw someone in prison or anything of that nature. So one of the important jobs that these regulatory agencies do have to do with allowing licenses not only to be granted initially, but to be renewed. So every license that is issued in Florida comes with a sort of expiration date after which the license has to be renewed or else it just becomes invalid after it expires. So it's important for whoever has gotten the license to make sure they know how long the license is valid 
so they can make sure to renew it before the expiration date or they're going to have quite a bit of trouble in their business because they become sort of an unlicensed practitioner which can then lead to different penalties by state agencies. It's not something they want to have on the record. So all real estate, real estate licenses in Florida either have an expiration date of March 31st or September 30th. So the last day of March or the last day of September. And this way it's a little bit more streamlined. It's a little easier to keep track of. So the, and those are about, those are six months apart. So just twice a year. And the expiration date that is chosen is the one that's going to give the licensee as close to exactly 24 months of licensure as possible. So whether September is closest or March is closest, it will be that one. So when someone comes up for license renewal, the first thing they have to do is submit the application and submit a renewal fee for the processing. They also, before they submit this application and the fee, they have to complete their post-licensing education. So there's usually a course that they have to, to take after they got their license, so that has to be done. Or they have to also, in many cases, do continuing education. So they have to make sure that both of those things are done before they apply to have relicensure. There are a few different exceptions to these general rules. So the general rank and file of people have to follow the rules as I just explained them. However, there are people in the armed forces who have licenses in good standing don't have to renew their licenses while they're on active duty and for up to six months after they stop being on active duty. Because while they're on active duty, it would it's often would be difficult for people to complete their requirements. So they're off doing their military duties. It's difficult for them. It's difficult for them to then drop everything and go do the continuing education that they need and so forth. So they are exempt for that. And this only applies if they they get on active duty and they're not actually doing real estate activities for profit while they're on active duty. If they are doing both at the same time, then this doesn't apply. It's only supposed to be for people who are on active duty, uh, which is then keeping them from pursuing their usual real estate ventures. Sometimes people can be issued what's called a temporary license. Now these licenses are only extended for a six-month period after which they simply expire they definitely cannot be renewed and they're only given in so sort of certain special circumstances for example they can be issued to the spouse of an active duty member of the armed forces who is assigned duty in florida so the spouse can then kind of carry on the regular business while the other person is on active duty. And the spouse has to hold a real estate license in another state or foreign jurisdiction for this to work. So the person gets assigned to military service in Florida, the spouse has a license from somewhere else, some other state, then they can go ahead and get a temporary license for six months so that they can still 
keep up the activities that they were used to. And in that time, they have time to then go ahead and try to get a complete license. Licenses can be placed in what's called active status and inactive status. An active status is required for someone to actually engage in real estate activities. If you don't have an active status, then you are not allowed to make money off of selling real estate. So you have to be in active status in the time that you actually perform the transaction, but it doesn't matter if by the time you get paid, if you're if it's that's down the road, sometimes it's uh, that could be much later, it's okay for you to get paid if you're still not in active status. If you completed the actual transaction before you started, before when you still had active status, then you're all right there. There are different kinds of the inactive status. The first is that you can be voluntarily inactive. That means that your license has been renewed, but you're simply choosing not to engage in real estate business. You can request to be placed in this status. You can just keep renewing your license indefinitely in this way. This is called voluntary inactive. So it means that you chose to be inactive. You're just kind of keeping it up just in case you want to go back into active status eventually. Then we have what's called involuntary inactive. Now this is a situation where you did not choose to become inactive, but you get placed in the inactive status. This usually means that you fail to renew your license on time. It automatically expires after that 24 month period. And when a license has been involuntarily inactive for 12 months or less, you're required to complete 14 hours of continuing education. But when a license has been involuntary inactive for more than 12 months, but fewer than 24 months, so two years, you're required to complete 28 hours of reactivation education. So the longer that you leave it inactive, the more you have to do in order to return to active status. So it's a good idea, well, not to let it lapse in the first place, but if you do, to try to get back into active status within a year's time, because if you don't, it gets harder. And then you can also appeal this if there has been some sort of extenuating circumstance that made it so that you could not reactivate your license, yet yeah, you can go to the FREC and appeal that decision and try to get some more time in order to get back into good standing. So sometimes if uh, something bad has happened or you've let your license completely expire and it's been more than two years, your license can be what's called null and void. A null and void license is what is like a license that no longer exists. So if it's been involuntary and active for more than two years, then it's it just ceases to exist. Or if uh, there's something that you do that the commission decides is a large breach of conduct, it can be revoked. That also makes it a null and void license. And a person who simply does not want to 
sell real estate anymore or engage in any real estate activities can voluntarily give up the license. This is called relinquishing the license. And once that happens, the license is also null and void. Uh, it could also happen when the cancellation does not involve disciplinary action of some sort. There's a different term called cease to be in force. So this is not the same as null and void. Null and void means that it's as if you are now an unlicensed person again. Cease to be in force means that you can't conduct business, but that you still have license. So this happens often when a sales associate leaves a brokerage and wants to go work for a different brokerage. They have to then inform the DBPR that they're getting a new employer. And until the sales associate is registered under that new employer, that sales associate is in the status of ceasing to be in force. So they haven't lost their license. They just can't conduct business and until all of the sort of the paperwork has gone through and they're registered completely. And that is all for our lesson for today. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the second audio lesson for the Florida Real Estate Salesperson Exam Prep audio lessons. Tomorrow, your lesson will be about the violations of real estate law. Thank you for listening. We hope you found this lesson valuable. Again, we are offering audio lessons for the real estate exam for various states. Check out our website, reexampodcast.com, to see if we have audio lessons available for your state. If you have any thoughts or suggestions, please contact me by using the contact form at the website, reexampodcast.com. Keep studying.